Hey, I'm Raina. And I'm Nikki. This is our podcast where we're talking about how healing yourself includes tapping into your intuition. With a few laughs and some sage advice. To help you see that all the answers are inside of you if If you you just just shut shut up up and listen. For joining us at Just Shut Up and Listen. I'm running solo today because Raina decided to take off and take care of some stuff down in Vancouver because she's such a cool kid and she thought it would be really appropriate to leave me by myself with some recording equipment, but we'll see how that goes. Um, welcome to episode 01. If just shut up and listen, a big thank you to Carl Raw Ross of Understand Health for producing this shambering shit show that we call our podcast. Today, we have one of my very most favorite people ever. ever. It's Heather Urquhart of Huna Apothecary. <laughs> You're not allowed to be an apothecary anymore. We're not. No, no. That's an interesting story. I love that we're leading with that. <laughs> I just thought, I was like, I'm as announcing her name. I'm like, am I even allowed to say that anymore? Because there's so much controversy around the whole thing. There's a little bit of controversy. Yes, yes. yes. Um, well, want to dive in with that. Why can't we call you Huna Apothecary anymore? Uh, let's go into that for sure. So um, we're going to actually just be Huna from now on. And the reason is because um, there are certain um, colleges that are medical colleges. I'm not going to go into too much detail, but across Canada. And um, they actually have legislation that exists in most provinces that won't allow the use of the word apothecary unless you are a registered pharmacist. And uh, that I am not. I'm a botanist and herbalist and a cosmetic formulator, but a pharmacist I am not. So um, we considered, um, fighting the legislation and we decided it was probably better to just put our energy into <laughs> other things such as growth. So, um, so yeah, we're, we're now Huna instead of Huna Apothecary. And originally it was kind of a namesake thing, Heather Urquhart Natural Apothecary. So for you, that must've been a bit of a jagged pill. It was a jagged pill. It was yeah. a tough one to swallow for sure. Yeah. And to be honest, I don't believe the legislation, I don't agree with the legislation. I don't think that it's necessarily right because, um, the term apothecary belongs not exclusively to pharmacists, but it actually belongs within uh, alternative medicine to herbalists, to homeopaths, uh, to a lot of other, like to a much wider realm than strictly to pharmacists. So um, I can't say that I support the legislation. I can't say I'm in agreement with it, but I think it's one of those things that, you know, we're just going to take it and move on. Yeah, because why why paralyze the beautiful things you're doing over something? Over name. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I appreciate that because sometimes um, when you're in a movement like this, sometimes the details are important and it's really hard to let go of something where you're like, um, that word really musters up inside of us words that um, like make feelings of healing, of yes. things like that. And for that to be assigned to something that people who are in healing and wellness, they're not really anti-pharmacy, but they're alternative seeking. And to understand one of the words that they seek to is now assigned to the thing that they're avoiding is yes. kind of creepy. Um, but I'm glad you didn't paralyze what you're doing over fighting for that because I love what you're doing within my industry as um, a human. I just adore you as a human. And Thank you. W- the movement the movement that you're creating within uh, understanding the power of Mother Nature and understanding the power of our own healing and understanding that we are the sum of our choices and the impact we create every single day is, as a single being, is really real. And you bring that to bed with you every night and that makes you just such a powerful being. Um, what you. got you here? By the way, thank you. Those are really kind words. Um, what got me here gosh um a personal journey I would have to say that um a lot of ups and downs I think just 
probably where where everybody kind of came around if they're if they're on this side of the healing paradigm. So um, my own personal healing with um, I have an autoimmune disease. I have um, Graves disease and going through that and realizing that the uh, essentially Western medicine is not the way for um, healing an autoimmune. I think a lot of people have, who have autoimmune conditions have come to that realization. Um, Western medicine serves its own purpose, you know, emergency, um, you know, intensive care, that kind of thing. But for every day, um, managing your own wellness and returning your body back to a state of health, I think that uh, alternative wellness is the way to go. So um, I actually started studying herbalism in order to heal my own autoimmune condition. And um, but way back in the day, even before that, I'm a botanist and I've always been a plant lover. And I worked actually for Lancome Cosmetics way back in the day. So I've always been kind of in the beauty industry, but of course in the, the beauty industry that's pumped full of synthetics and chemicals and a lot of like, you know, hormone disruptors and carcinogens and some really <laughs> bad shit, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's where I'm from too. Yes. Yep. Hail that. Yeah. yeah. So we're both refugees. <laughs> yeah, we are. We really are. And we're trying to start a new movement here. So, um, so coming to a place of realizing that I'm not healthy and the industries that I was working in aren't healthy and how do I feel about that and what am I going to do about that and so essentially that those are the paths that kind of led me to to starting HUNA and it started as a passion and it started as a hobby and it started as a this is really cool and I love doing this and it makes me happy um, as a part-time gig and it just sort of you know as people sort of other people with similar stories and we're looking for similar things and kind of had that connection uh, everyone's looking for more natural or alternatives. Everybody's looking to be healthier and to heal. So um, in sharing my products and my story and, and that kind of thing and putting it out there, then we just, we grew faster than we knew <laughs> how to keep up with. Yeah. And as soon it became a full-time full -time career and now we're expanding into the U.S. and and now we're making a lot of decisions and choices with our growth. Yeah. yeah. So you're like passion project because yeah. we've decided we don't like side hustle that's like not our terminology yeah your than, yeah passion your project passion there. project brought to you by finding your own wellness and wanting to share that with others has yes. now turned into your your gig like that's what you do totally my lifetime passion yeah. this is yeah my I would have to say my whole life goal is because coming from a, a like I'm a plant lover completely so botany herbalism, plant medicine, total passion. And on the other side of things, beauty. But so my whole life now is, is my life purpose is sharing with people the power of plants. I don't care in which way, shape or form that is, you know, it's going to evolve as I go through life. But I always want to, from a fundamental um, sort of ground level perspective, I always want to be focusing on plants and the healing power of plants. Mm -hmm. That's my gig. Yeah. That's why we get along so well. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, like you, same, in the mainstream beauty industry, the emotionally and chemically or toxicity was made me sick. Yes. Like I was emotionally and spiritually unwell and my body was burdened by what was happening because yep. of my environment. All the crap. And I too was faced with those moments of truth. I, I wasn't um, uh, autoimmune, but I ended up in a, an adrenal exhaustion mm -hmm. and I had to face some things too because my body started acting out because it was basically telling me to get fucked every single day yeah and um that was your my my point 
of choice too. And my soul was sitting on the couch going, yeah, you go ahead and go. I'm staying here. Like, I don't go to work there. Yeah. So, and then I was like literally soulless. And I come home every day. Soul, can we hang out now? And soul would be, you were a dick today. <laughs> <laughs> it was a tough existence. Not today. Not yeah. today. <laughs> you were selling stuff that was tested on animals. We're not friends. Yeah. Um, backing up a little bit. Um, you're not just like mixing up skincare. Like you're growing the plants. Totally. Yeah. Tell yeah. us a little bit about that. I think the the fancy way to say it is vertically integrated. Mm-hmm. But I think the, <laughs> the real way to say it is we try to control as much as we can. And the reason is, um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a control freak. <laughs> the reason is I'm a control freak. And you can only really trust things when you when you can see it and feel it and you you're doing it yourself. Um, I, I do, I, 90 plus percent of the industry in cosmetics actually, um, outsources manufacturing. They go to contract manufacturers and I, I have like, it's a discomfort for me Mm -hmm. because how can I guarantee to my consumers that that's manufactured in an ethical and sustainable way? How can I guarantee to my consumers that, you know, our ingredients are what they are on the label and that they weren't substituted by somebody else who's controlling the manufacturing process. Like those sort of things, they bother me. Mm -hmm. So so yeah, so we grow the plants. We grow over 30 different plant species in Manitoba on our family farm. And we're totally chemical free. We hand weed, we hand harvest at the absolute peak of freshness. So we're capturing the plants at, at the optimal point. We um, bring all of those plants back to the University of Manitoba in Winnipeg. We handcraft everything ourselves. Um, when we formulate, we're not just looking at, okay, what does this do, do for the skin? We look at every ingredient. Every botanical, we find science and clinical data to support their use for, for the skin or for the health, whatever we're using them for. And beyond that, we also look at factors like the sustainability and the ethical sourcing. So um, it's a much, I mean, it, like formulating really good, clean, organic, cruelty-free um, cosmetics and skincare is a lot more complicated than people think. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of beautiful branding out there, but there is a difference between um, like artisan kind of kitchen witch and formulated for efficacy with science. Absolutely. And yeah. um, I think that's a part of it, which um, we don't really talk about as much because sometimes people will buy something that's beautiful. It's it's natural. It's non-toxic. It's made with love. And they bought it at, you know, a health food store or a farmer's market, but it doesn't work or it's greasy or it's whatever. Yeah. And that's kind of the the feeling they have around it. And then they find themselves getting back into the mainstream beauty world where things are more result oriented. And I think having dialogues with people like you is really important because you don't have to give that up to have clean, non-toxic things. It's just, it's picking your brands. You can buy crabby brands that don't work in the mainstream world too. It's finding those ones where the brand is standing behind their mission of efficacy as well as you know insert other integrity things here and um, what can you tell us about you as a um, clean non-toxic person who is really science-based well personally Mm -hmm. or with Huna both okay Um, well I mean I guess because from a personal point I guess because of my autoimmune disease I I have to live clean um, throughout my whole life, kind of start to finish. So I guess it all starts with diet. And um, I'm one of those people that I can't eat processed foods and I can't eat foods out of packages. I can't even go to restaurants and, and order something off of the menu. So um, 
I am intense about picking the right foods, picking whole foods. Are they organic? Where are they sourced from? So it's like the, I suppose that the way I look at base ingredients and whole ingredients is kind of this similar for my personal life to, to my career, because I have to look so deeply into everything. Mm-hmm. I it's, it's beyond the labels. I mean, it's just getting really intense into how something's made and that's the whole energy of the of the ingredient and what you're taking into your body and creating creating your body cells yeah giving your body the building blocks to do the thing totally it's really important and i'm a i'm a like i'm a sucker for knowledge i always want to learn more i'm a lifelong student so i'm not one of those people that um I'm going to go and I'm going to get the certificate and I learned a little bit. I learned the basic knowledge and I'm satisfied with that. I have this craving to learn and know more. And that's where the science comes from too. Like we are constantly, constantly looking at what's new in the industry, what's new that's coming out, what's old in the industry. What kind of stuff were they talking about in 1970s in herbalism that we, it's kind of been, you know, there's a layer of dust on it. We just don't hear about it anymore. Mm -hmm. Like this is the stuff that we're trying to uncover and, so I guess it's an obsession for knowledge and it's an obsession to know more and find out the deepest level that I can possibly find. And that that's totally our roots through our brand is that we're not just a surface level like, yep, check the box, we're organic and we're natural. Like, no, how natural are we? Like right down to our preservatives, mm-hmm. our emulsifiers, our vitamin E. Where are they sourced from? Are they raw? Are they non-GMO? Are they, you know, certified mm-hmm. gluten-free? It's like we, we need to know it all. Mm-hmm. I, I need to know who it's sourced from. I need to know how it's sourced. I need to know how it's processed. Yeah. All of that is important. Whoever touches whatever you're going to put on your skin or into your body as a food, they're all leaving that energetic mark on it. And, and it, it's got to be positive. Otherwise, you know, you're, you're taking that shit in. Yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah. You are. Yeah. And um, we take our skin for granted. And like as an organ, um, like one of the things I'm always practicing or teaching my clients about for the practice, because I'm, I'm a huge stickler on practices are more important than the products. Because if you haven't adopted the right practices, fuck your products. They're yep. not going to work. No doubt. So adapt, adopt that practice first and then integrate the products in. And that's when you're going to start seeing the results. The, the results and the changes and things. And one of the first things we always start is... So show some fucking gratitude for your skin. Absolutely. Like what it does for you in a day that you don't even have to think about. Absolutely. You get to walk up the street on a 36 degree day through fucking car exhaust. Damn. And not even think about it. Hell yeah. This is actually a really pa- big passion point for me. So people look at the skin as it's a vanity point. It's mm. it's something that I see on a person every day and I make a judgment on them. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? <laughs> your skin is so much more. Your skin is literally encompassing your body's entire health. Your skin is the only thing between you and this planet that is protecting you from viruses, from bacteria, from fungi, from serious infection. Ultraviolet, like, the whole pit. Absolutely, yeah. ultraviolet violet radiation. Like your, your skin is your health. Mm-hmm. It, it keeps your health intact. Mm-hmm. It is your first line of defense. It is mm-hmm. your body's first line of defense. It, so when people really, I, I, I mean... People look at skincare and cosmetics and beauty as something vain and, and vanity driven. And mm-hmm. it's so much deeper than that. It is health. It is wellness. It is confidence. It mm-hmm. is self-care. It is self, self-appreciation. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's big. It's big. Yeah. Yeah. And if, um, you know, <laughs> you're coming at it with negative words, it can hear that. It can hear it. Yeah. And it, it responds accordingly. And um, that's one of the things, too, is like, when I'm helping someone choose a product, if you if you're using a product on your skin that came from harm, 
Yes. That's the that can only do harm. Yeah, that's the mark that's yes, on it. Absolutely. And if it is coming from love, kindness, care, integrity, and if that's the process of wellness has already begun. Yes. Before it even got in the bottle. Yes. And then you're adopting the practices of doing it in such a beautiful way with love and gratitude for yourself and the planet. Only good will come of it. Only good will come of it. Yeah. Think it, break it down as a food. Because for some people, like it's a stretch for skin and they mm -hmm. don't, they maybe can't wrap their ha head around it. But if you think of um, going to the supermarket and buying your regular off-the-shelf supermarket meat, and let's consider maybe that, that animal, um, say you're buying pork or chicken or whatever, let's say it came from a fairly harmful or cruelty-driven source. That animal is going to have a different amount of nutritional value and energy that you put into your body than if you went to um, a free range farm who is entirely organic and let the, the animals go outside under the real sunlight and be pasture raised. The, there's a different nutritional content. That's I think everybody can agree on that on a scientific level. You're gonna get a lot more nutrition from an animal that was treated better, raised better, ate better food. Now, if you compare that to skincare, I think it's really similar. Mm -hmm. It's uh, nobody, nobody will doubt it if it's something, if it's your body, if it's nutrition, there's that, that scientific aspect of mm -hmm. it. Now there's also the energetic aspect of it too, right? Mm -hmm. That's also a stretch for some people, yeah. but we're into the woo woo here. <laughs> yeah, we are, we are into the woo woo. But really, if you, if fundamentally, if you take something into your body, whether it's transdermally absorbed through your skin or whether it's taken into your body as food, if that has depleted nutritional content, if it's been raised with negative energy, if it's been raised with cruel practices, that will be absorbed by your body. That will be absorbed by your spirit and your soul. That will be absorbed by every cell in your body. And that's what you become. Mm -hmm. Now, if you think about that from a very positive place and you source things that are organic and natural and that are healthy, and not only that, but at the very core level of when they were raised and whether they were when they were developed it was in a positive way we we raised these plants without chemicals we talked to these plants <laughs> we tell them beautiful stories we tell them what their purpose is we tell them to be empowered because they're going to raise empowered women and they're going to um, empowered women are going to use your products and feel confidence and go out in the world and do kick-ass things with them that's infusing positive energy into these things and that your body is going to take that in and you're going to feel that Mm -hmm. I guarantee it. You're going to feel it. Without a doubt. We hear, we hear the stories about that every single day in here. When people come in and they've made the, the switch and they're like, you know, four months in, six months in, they're, they're seeing it. They get it. Like their whole experience as beauty is not beauty. It's wellness. Yes, it's and wellness. And it's a different vibe on it altogether. Yes. And um, I think that's just such a pivotal place we on as like helping to empower women is taking that back right of not looking at beauty as this this you know weird ambiguous thing that we have to have permission to be beautiful when like just fucking claim that shit yes yeah, we're it. all we're beautiful fuck that's it end of subject there's no i'm beautiful when i'm beautiful if fuck that i am beautiful period and this is what i do to take care of myself absolutely and that's it and when you're doing those things um from a place of kindness and integrity your whole body says yeah, thanks. That's what we've been waiting yeah, for. Yeah, it's holistic. You, yeah. you feel it from within, from yeah. inside out. And it is, uh, you said that word empowering, that, mm. that is what it is. It's mm. empowering yourself because you're making better decisions. That's better for your body. That's better for the world around you. Mm. It's better for your mind, for your spirit. Mm -hmm. It's, mm -hmm. yeah. 
And it's sorry, it's kind of a rabbit hole because once you kind of open up one lid, you become kind of aware of one thing. And you're like, oh, there's that thing. Oh, this sure applies to this too. Absolutely. Which is beautiful in its own thing because then you start coming from that place of living um, in kind of uh, reactionary to everything. You start empowering yourself to um, live kind of more in that um, eco way where you're realizing you're connected to everything, which is so beautiful. Yes. Um, for so many people, it starts with food. Yeah. And then it, it starts to ripple. Start food. Yeah. yeah. And then it ripples into um, other wellness products, Personal beauty care products. products. Yeah. 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 And exercise and um, sleep and things like that. Meditation, mm. yoga, stress reduction. Yeah. All of that. And it just, the, the boxes keep all opening. Yeah. 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 Which is a beautiful thing. It One is. thing leads to another. Like you mm-hmm. said, it's like an, it's like an onion, but mm-hmm. you just keep going deeper and deeper into it. And at the same time, your body's getting healthier. Your mind's getting mm-hmm. healthier. You're feeling better. Yeah. You're feeling really good about the decisions that mm-hmm. you're making. You're feeling better about this world that you live in yeah. and how you're contributing to it and how you're yeah. a part of it. And then that community piece starts. You start yeah. finding more people in your community and talking Absolutely. and dialoguing. It's really wild how the whole thing just peels open and wellness and success aren't where we've told that we were told they were. Yes. Yeah, which is like a whole crazy other thing. We'll have to have you another time for that. A <laughs> whole other conversation. Yeah, because yeah. like I'm sure if, you know, 20 like 15 20 year old you knew this was going to be grown up heather you probably would have been like what, what? no i'm going to be a fucking whatever You're, totally yeah. corporate superstar yeah. that's where i wanted to head yeah. i totally didn't have my head on straight yeah but same as me yes like what i was going to be um and even when i was in like the peak of my mainstream career the things that i saw as being the thing that I was going to be that it was very ego driven yes now I look at that and be like sorry terrifying yeah Yeah. sorry that I did that because that was not coming into purpose at all completely like that was being a slave to something beyond me and um I'm proud to say I don't own a car or a house but I've never been happier in my life because it turns out my success is different than other people's success and your definition of this success has completely changed from your 20 year old self to your now yeah current self absolutely yes well, that was fun. Let's to get back to Huna. <laughs> um, when we were talking today, um, it was really lovely. Heather was in the shop today and she was giving us some down lows on things that are coming with her brand, which, oh my God, you guys are going to die. It's so amazing. Um, and one of the things she was talking about was uh, some of the, one of the ingredients she uses in her products that is indigenous to Canada. And it's one of the most powerful things. And um, it's barely even used in the beauty industry. Yeah. Um, Tell us about it. Tell us about Rumex. Okay. So Rumex occidentalis is the (laughs) botanical name. And that is a species of plant that is actually native to the Canadian northern prairies. So um, it is, it grows wild across Manitoba and we wild harvest it on our, on our acreage. And I only know of one other skincare company who's using this ingredient and it blows my mind because we have clinical data to support that Rumex is as effective at decreasing um, melanoma or hyperpigmentation, um, as hydroquinone at a 4% dilution, but without any of the risks. So for people who aren't familiar with hydroquinone, it's, it's a very effective ingredient at reducing hyperpigmentation, but it is also filled with a lot of negative effects. It's a carcinogen. Um, it has really negative effects long-term on the skin. It's, it's a scary ingredient. So, um, when we find a botanical ingredient that matches that sort of effectiveness and efficacy, but is, so unknown, so unheard of, so 
widely not used, it really raises a lot of flags and makes you question why. Why is something like hydroquinone that really should be banned in our country? It should totally, it should totally it, be banned. It should be a banned ingredient, and it's used widely within the industry. Um, and not a lot of people are aware of the negative effects. And yet there's a plant-based alternative that is just as effective, and no one's using it. And it's indigenous to Canada. It is. And it's it grows uh, like rampant, almost like a weed. And most people can't identify it. They don't even know, but it grows in ditches everywhere. <laughs> and it's... Mother Nature is so... She has such a great sense of humor. She does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, she's so patient with us. Yeah. yeah. She's <laughs> like, I've got this great healing thing. I'll just grow it in your ditch. You'll find it eventually. You'll come to me eventually. You'll yeah. figure it out. Yeah. 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 And so you... Um, don't grow a lot of that one. You do more wild crafting of that. That one we do more wild harvesting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, when it's, what's the one thing you grow the most of? Calendula. Calendula officinalis. That is um, our number one plant. And that there's a ton of scientific data around that plant. And so it's a lot in baby products you'll see. And that's because it's fantastic at healing skin wounds. Um, it's fantastic at regenerating healthy skin cells. And it's clinically proven to increase the skin's level of hydration. Um, the wonderful thing about that plant now, it, it actually heals so quickly that in, in herbal medicine, this is a plant that's been used forever. Now, um, indigenous people used to actually chew on the flower head of the plant and spit it out onto, onto a wound and make sort of like a poultice. And, um, it's been found out that that plant is so effective at rapidly healing that if you have a very, very deep wound, a very deep gash, you actually can't use calendula because it heals so quickly. It will heal the top layer of, of it will heal the top layers of skin uh, too quickly and it can actually trap bacteria in and oh, you can wow. get an infection underneath the, the top layers of skin. So, so it's too effective. It's, it's almost too effective. So um, so it has to be used in the right way. Yeah. But it's really interesting. Plant, yeah. People don't give plants enough consideration mm -hmm. and enough credibility, but plants are some of the most powerful medicines. Well, they are. I they mean, are. They really are the most powerful medicines that we have out there. Mm -hmm. You know, it, back in the day... Um, Plants were what people used as pharmaceuticals. And even now, people don't realize that 80% of pharmaceuticals are derived, are from, derived plants. from plants. Yeah, or were mm. once derived from plants, and now now maybe they're lab synthetically um, produced. But um, but plants are medicine. Mm -hmm. That's Plants heal. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel some of the resistance um, for people with that is because there's a bit more patience involved with Mother Nature? Yeah. Or... Do you think it's just bad information? I think it's bad information. I do think there's a lot of bad information out there. I think um, a lot of it is driven by, let's say, pharmaceutical companies who, pharmaceutical companies don't really like plants because um, although plants are really effective and they get their medicines from them, they actually can't patent a plant. So a really good um, example of this is actually valerian root. Valerian root is fantastic for treating insomnia and severe anxiety. And um, a pharmaceutical company found out about that and they learned, okay, well, valerian root, we can't really, we can't patent this. So we've got to extract it and we've got to concentrate it and synthesize it into a pill that we can patent. And we're going to call that Valium. <laughs> and so in the process of doing that, well, we, a lot of us know Valium is highly addictive. So they've taken a plant, valerian root, that, that did exactly what it was supposed to do for the human body and was very effective as a treatment. And um, instead, a pharmaceutical company decided to make that into a substance, which along the way became it was highly addictive. We've got Valium clinics all across North America now. And um, it does the same thing. <laughs> so, I mean, for some reason, we're choosing 
this synthetic sort of unhealthy mass commercial produced way of of treating something when we really just need to get back to nature mm-hmm. and sip a cup of tea you yeah. know, like sip a cup of valerian yeah. root tea people and it doesn't smell great i appreciate that it smells like shit it yes. does yeah. but it doesn't taste great either yeah but, but it's effective it's effective it's better than taking a pill and getting addicted to it yeah. and having it ruin your life mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah um i find that to be like that very piece of information ripples over so many things because um, there's so many synthetics in beauty too that I mean, obviously you know, and so many of them, they they don't even really do it as well. Yeah. 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 And they they're using other weird filler things to make your skin like feel soft, but it's not your skin's not soft. It's a weird layer of shit on top Completely. of your skin that Completely. makes it feel soft, and it's like a cosmetic something. And a lot of these ingredients are not even absorbed by the skin. They actually are just like a lot of mineral mineral oils, petroleums. Mm-hmm. They actually they don't get absorbed at all yeah. they just sit on the top layer of skin so they don't do anything to improve yeah. the health of the but skin you feel like they do yes because when you're touching your face it feels, feels soft yeah or looks glowy yeah but once you wash your face it's gone yes yeah that's always fascinated me that it's like you know in two weeks you can experience blah 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 i'm like but it washes off yes that's not helping <laughs> if it washes off and there's multiple reasons that they've done that like they've essentially taken plant-based ingredients and they've tried to mimic them into, into synthetics and and one is driven really by price right they try to make ingredients a lot cheaper so you can use them on the mass market and, mm-hmm. and they can drive more profitability mm-hmm. um in doing that of course there's all these you know health side effects and and whatnot Um, but the other side of it is that I think we've gotten so far away from plants and understanding of plants that, um, cosmetic chemists are typically the ones designing, you know, chemical based, um, or synthetic based sort of mainstream products. And they don't have a really good understanding of a lot of planting ingredients, plant-based ingredients. Whereas like the natural cosmetic formulators are the the people of today who sort of understand plant-based ingredients really well inside out. And we know what the alternatives are. So it's kind of, it's almost coming around to a full circle. Like it's a completely different mental process and it's a it's a different understanding of ingredients it's a it's a different world and there's a level of simplicity to it that's a bit unnerving for some people we're like but there's only six things in it there's only 12 things in you it. you only need six ingredients or yeah. do you really want to add another 26 just to make you feel better yeah. and sleep at night yeah. like yeah. <laughs> i mean it's yeah. unnecessary so yeah. yeah people need to embrace mm. a more it's not even a sim- more simplistic way but but getting back to nature and roots mm-hmm. and figuring out that everything is connected and understanding mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. what we do has an impact every decision that you make has an impact mm-hmm. every single product that mm-hmm. you put into your body or onto your body has an impact and mm-hmm. so decide you know figure out what that impact is and decide yeah. what's best for you absolutely yeah um you're t- telling me uh this afternoon that um huna has decided to start exploring uh the world of cbd because in canada cbd is um I don't know if I'm supposed to say legalized or decriminalized. I think it's legalized now. And so that's opening up for the wellness world, a whole ocean of opportunities. Yeah. How does that um, influence and impact Huna? Good question. I think for now, we're just looking what's out there and we're looking at the potential and we're looking at the opportunity. Um, Cannabinoids, uh, cannabis is really interesting to me because from an herbalist perspective, it's, it's a plant that never should have been made illegal. <laughs> and I mean, if you even look, the plant is called cannabis sativa and the whole world, the whole word marijuana is actually very racially driven and it's got a lot of um, 
racist roots if you look into the history of it into the U.S. So anyway, it's it's a plant that's it's a healing plant. It has a lot of potential, but it's one plant out there. And I think if if you actually think about it, there's countless numbers of plants out there that we have really little understanding of or minimal understanding of. So to me, it's just understanding what's out there as plants and what it is in them that makes them so effective. That's the science part. Mm-hmm. And what can we do with it? Mm-hmm. And I'm actually in discussions with a physician that we're, we're talking about making CBD products. And it one of the things that she said was really interesting. And it was actually mimicked. We did this sort of education sharing thing with, with Bayer Pharmaceuticals a while ago. And they said the exact same thing. So... Um, in Western medicine, what they normally do, what, they, what they're used to doing is taking a plant or taking an ingredient and they get right down to the molecule level. So they break it down so it's to the molecule. It is um, understood at, a, at the, the smallest minute level. And what happens when you do that? You, wow, you really dive a drill into this tiny little space and that's all that you're looking at and you're ignoring everything that else that's around you. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting because with cannabis they're looking at thc as a molecule they're looking at cbd as a molecule and they really want to understand these molecules and now they're having to pull themselves back and look at whole plant medicine and holy shit this molecule or this this plant has 220 molecules that those are the only ones that we've identified and that we know about never mind the ones that we don't know about yet terpenes and antioxidants and polyphenols and all of these things that were just flavonoids we're freaking out we don't know what these sesquiterpenes and terpenes are and these words are giving me a boner (laughs) (laughs) and but the concept is that it's so funny to me because as an herbalist we've been looking at whole plant medicine for years for centuries it it makes sense to us to use whole plant medicine because the body takes in a plant and it uses what it needs and it disposes of as and it excretes as waste what we don't need and it's as simple as that mm-hmm. you don't need to understand every molecule every single molecule and exactly what it does you need to understand the whole plant and what the whole plant does mm-hmm. and and so it's a, it's a really different it's a really different way of looking at things and um it, at Huna, we actually do both. So we look at whole plant and we look at molecules and we we try to formulate the best products that we can with the knowledge that's available in mm-hmm. both. Um, but it's a, it's a fundamental, I think, um, turning point in medicine and in, in healthcare that we're going to see where it's going to open the door to a lot more plants and it's going to open the door to whole plant medicine and it's going to open the door to a whole world of healing. And um, cannabis started it all. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's opening a lot of doors, but I think um, cannabis is a huge opportunity. And I think um, whole plant medicine is an even bigger opportunity. So I look forward to seeing what it turns Me too. into. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it because at this point, I have a lot of clients coming into the Green Vanity and asking about CBD. And I'm like, you know, this is a double edged sword because A, I believe there is so much power in these plants yes but since it's been illegal for so long no testing could be done yes. there's no there's so little information there's a lack of understanding right now yeah. and so and there's a lot of bullshit out there now too yeah so. so people are making all sorts of claims and since i've never been comfortable just kind of jumping on a bandwagon and it's funny to have the name the green vanity people come in and think i'm a dispensary all the time <laughs> they like walk in they're like where's the weed and i'm like yeah beauty products not that, dis- kind of green not that kind of green vanity <laughs> and so like here i am like really hesitating until 
I know more and until there's more information available and until so, the legislation and everything's figured out too yeah. we're kind of in a funny spot in Canada but yeah it's a bit messy still it is a bit messy yeah so it's got to get cleaned up but I love what cannabis is doing and I love what CBD is doing which is drawing people into the realization that plants are a lot more healing and they mm -hmm. provide a lot more opportunity mm -hmm. for healing than we yeah. think they do. It's not just reefer madness. Yeah. It's yeah. not just reefer madness. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so wild. Yeah. Things have come a long time with this in my lifetime. Like it's pretty, it's pretty awesome to see. Completely. Um, I'm actually like, this is a really cool point in history mm -hmm. and I don't think a lot of us realize it, but this is, this is a fundamental turning point in history. It is. So yeah. yeah. With this movement and the food movement and all Completely. the stuff kind of happening at the same time, like we're getting back to grassroots. We're looking at our stuff. We're kind of realizing, you know, humans kind of suck. And the more humans realizing how much we suck, they're trying to like help their friends not suck as much. Yeah. And it's actually, it's, it's pretty amazing to see. And the great part is like the difference between the 1970s kind of movement and now is that we know a lot more. Way more. And we also know that we don't know mm -hmm. a lot more too. Mm -hmm. So, so there's science, there's more science, um, but there's a lot more science that needs to be done. But mm -hmm. um, knowledge is power and we just, we yep. keep, we keep learning more and the, the ball yep. kind of keeps moving forward. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And we know what we know till we know more. And that's it. Exactly. And just making your best decisions with the information you have right now. Exactly. Like, let's face it, in the 70s when our parents were putting the fillings in our mouths, at that time, that was the best information. They weren't doing it to harm us. They were doing it to help us. Yes. Now, oops, we, we know didn't a realize more that now. mercury leaks. Yeah, <laughs> oopsie. Yeah. But now, okay, here's a protocol to remove them and find wellness. Yes. And we may find in 20 years, oh, shit, those replacement things were a poor choice too. But yeah. making your best decisions in the moment as best you with can. The with the knowledge that we have now. Yeah. You bet. And that's all you can do. That's it, all you can do. Otherwise, you'll be worry your pants t to bits. And it's just not. Yeah. And stress is also bad for your health. Absolutely. So. <laughs> Go with it. Yeah. Um, as we were... Um, Heather comes in and gives us great training on her products because since they're made with such power, it's important we know how to help our clients with them, which we love that she actually comes in and does that for us. Uh, and we got on the topic of, because um, as Heather's company is growing, because with the momentum of this movement, um, Huna's growing, of course it is. And one of the products that uh, she loves so much, she's saying, but I can't promise it's going to be around <laughs> because... Take it from there, Heather. Yes. Okay, so we have a product called the Sandalwood Microexfoliator and Mask. And the majority of the product is made with sandalwood powder. And sandalwood, for anybody who knows a little bit about that plant out there, it's um, it's a threatened species, basically. So if you're going to source sandalwood, you need to know that it's ethically and sustainably sourced. Most of the world, or a good amount of the world's uh, sandalwood is actually, it's black market. It's it's illegal. Sandalwood takes 20 to 30 years before it hits maturity so that you're actually able to, um, to harvest from the tree. So we have one product in, in our range that uses a huge amount of sandalwood. And right now we have a great supplier and it's ethically and sustainably sourced and we're really comfortable with it. But we do realize that as we're growing, we're having to make decisions on our brands. And as we grow, if this plant is feeling pressure from our decision to use it as, you know, in our lineup, then we're going to have to make the decision to, to drop the product. So I kind of said to Nikki, we're going to see how our growth goes, but this product might become a limited edition launch or it might become reformulated or it might become something that leaves our product line because I won't make a decision to, of growth and of, um, a monetary decision basically mm -hmm. over 
um, a core value decision, which mm -hmm. is I will not put pressure on a plant that's that's a threatened species already. Um, so we're having to face some of these decisions now that are you don't really think that you're going to have to face because you don't really realize that you're going to grow into a big brand. But these are really important decisions that we need to face because it forces you to really look at your values and decide what's the most important thing mm -hmm. to you. You know, is it, is it money and just like throwing your brand out there and, and getting into as many stores as we possibly can and shoving our Huna down everybody's throat? Or is it about really making the right decisions that you can put your head on the pillow and you can sleep at night with yourself? Um, making decisions that are right for not only people and their skin and their health, but also for the environment, my God. Mm -hmm. um, making the right decisions that are for the system as a whole. Yeah. Because we are all connected, like yeah. we said. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. And, and I am more about making the decisions that are best for the whole in, in the best way that we can. So, yeah. so our product line might change, but our values won't, yeah. basically. And I think that's so, like, the reason I, I wanted to bring that up is because as business women, we're vulnerable to compromising ourselves and that's like the point I wanted to bring up is I, I face things a lot as the green vanity that you know my growth as a practitioner my growth as a, a retailer um, if I was based in profit I would have to compromise a lot of who I am and what I stand for to make money and how difficult that is some days oh like boy. that's really hard some days like when you got like the invoices and the overhead and your kids need shoes and the things are happening and you're like, well, I had to make that choice because of my fucking integrity. Yeah. Sometimes tough. it's tough. tough. Absolutely. And when you know you are saying no to personal wealth opportunities for society and global wealth. Yes. Sometimes, and then, you know, you hear something on the news, and you're like, why the fuck am I even trying? You know, <laughs> and it's really hard. But I think it's a really important thing that, so other people out there that are doing their passion projects too, that when they're having those moments, we appreciate you. And we understand how hard that is because we face that a lot ourselves. And I feel like, I don't want to like turn this into a gender conversation, but I feel women especially coming into this as being so nurturing we feel that pressure even more to make these decisions with the climate where we're at now with with where we're at with the environment and social things so i thought it was just really important like it's a a small story in the big world that huna might not carry her sandalwood mask anymore because sandalwood but it's a big fucking topic because that decision you made today is important that little thing that you're doing is inspiring someone else to Hey, go, hey, maybe it's not okay that I'm choosing to do, you know, said you know thing too. These are the decisions that define you as a person, but these are also the decisions that define us as humanity. Mm -hmm. So um, I think the, the world's been run for a long time by men. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that there's a lot of improvement that mm -hmm. could really happen to the world that we're living in right now. And I think a lot of that comes into um, women coming into power power roles and and being decision makers um i think that women are um emotional beings and women are very connected to the earth and so and i'm not saying by any means that men aren't nope. but i'm just saying that i think this is a gift that women have and so i think that um in a lot of cases i think that women are on the front line movement of improving the world and getting the world into a better position than where we are now 
because women are the ones that are coming into these power decisions and making these really hard calls on no, this is what's better for the whole. And and yeah. I'm going to make a personal sacrifice because I believe that this is better for the whole. And I'm seeing women all over the world make this in all different kinds of industries. And it's like, fuck yeah. Like yeah. it is so empowering. It feels so good. It does. And it's like, you, you just know that the world's going to get to a better place. You just know it. Inevitably. Yeah. Like the, that momentum has already started. And it's like any other movement. Like there's, there's pauses and there's a bit of backward slides and things like that. But the progress we've made as humans just in the last hundred years compared to the thousand years before that is amazing yeah so even though we have a day where you know we'll get some peak news about something that was like feels like it's so debilitating towards you know whatever is happening like global you know decimation or you know feminist you know progress or whatever we've still made so much headway that it's just like okay, I'm going to take a moment to grieve that and let it, you know, come through me and move through me and persevere and move on <laughs> and move on and move on. Yeah. And not get paralyzed by it. Absolutely. Yeah. And Ab- I think that happens. Down by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We have to keep focusing on the positive and the right and the good things that are mm-hmm. happening. And there's so much happening out so there. Much. There really is. If you tap yeah. into it and you start paying attention to more than that, than mm-hmm. the six o'clock news, then yeah. um, your yeah. world becomes a lot more rich. Yeah. Yeah. And acknowledge the others. But no, you have to focus on the other for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, tell me something random about Heather. Like just something random. Random Heather thing. Random Heather yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, I was raised by parents that kind of live off the land a little bit. So I'm into things like um, archery. <laughs> <laughs> kind of an odd one. Um, what else? I know you eat like foods packed with love (laughs) coolers when you're not taking care of yourself. Um, Yeah. I, I, like I said before, I don't ever eat at restaurants. So wherever I go, I've got a bag packed with food, with healthy foods, healthy whole foods, wherever I go. Um, So I probably have a lunch bag over my shoulder (laughs) when you see me walking down the street. Handbag, food bag. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) If you could be barefoot in your garden or in your lab, where would you rather be? In my garden. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah. My, my lab is my second place, second favorite place mm-hmm. to be, but, yeah. but absolutely in my garden with the plants. And, and I want everybody to know too, that there's like, every time we're in the garden and we're working with the plants, we're feeling really positive energy. We're feeling really good. We love what we do. Mm-hmm. And so you're raising plants with that same positive energy and that same positive vibe, that same high vibrational kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Anyway, I think I think that I think people can feel that in our products. Oh, I absolutely I believe it. Yeah. yeah. I don't I think you've been with us almost two years. Yes. Yeah. And um, your clients are fucking loyal. Awesome. Like once they're a Huna client, like even if they're we like have a insanely loyal, yeah. loyal customers. It's, it, I love it. Yeah. And then sometimes they'll be like in another brand. They're like, mm, I'm going to just try this one from Huna. Like they want to be a dabbler. <laughs> and then the next time they're coming in, they're like, okay, I've used up my other stuff. I'm like getting, I want Huna. I love it. Um, especially because they do follow your social media. So they're starting to learn more and more about the culture behind your brand, which is so powerful because people want to be part of something like that. Totally. And when they're looking at that thing on their counter and they know the story behind it, it is so like their whole experience of using it is so much more enriched. And, um, yeah, you got a beautiful, like your following is so, like they're like, 
so excited to hear about what's happening and things. So I'm so excited to be dabbling or dangling some carrots because I know things now of what's coming. <laughs> you know coming. things, what's coming. Yeah. Some exciting stuff. Absolutely. In the I'm really excited about it. Awesome. Um, we're at 47 minutes, Heather. I want everyone to know how to get a hold of you. So um, what's your Instagram? What's your website? How, how can people learn more about Huna? All right. Huna? So since with this recent name change, um, you can now look us up, uh, Huna Skin. So um, most of our taglines or most of our... Um, Twitter, like our Twitter holder, whatever you call them. I don't know. Handle. Handle. Our mm. Twitter handle. <laughs> it's um, Huna Skin. And you can check us out online. We're at hunaskin.com. And you can definitely come check us out at the Green Vanity because they carry our full product line. And um, who are some of your other retailers like across the country? Oh, we, you know, it's really interesting to note that actually because we're in 12 retail locations across Canada. And a lot of people sit there and look at us and they're kind of surprised about the level of growth that we have and where we are at a, as a company. And we're not in like 150 retail stores mm-hmm. yet or, you know, mm-hmm. several hundred retail stores yet. And it's because uh, of our loyal customers. Mm-hmm. So we've actually, we tripled in growth last year, and which is massive. And that's all because of customer loyalty, essentially. So, um, but our other retail locations in Canada, which we have very loyal customers in as well, that's in um, Etiquette, boutique in montreal and we are in je suis natural who's an online boutique in montreal um distilled beauty bar if you're in calgary alberta go out and see them there we're in clear skin victoria which is in victoria bc uh we are in green tree beauty shout out to saskatoon booyah saskatoon (laughs) hey jenny lee and um, I hope I'm not. I well, I know I am forgetting some for sure. So I'm sorry to any anyone out east. Accounts. Um, we're not in any accounts out east. Out out like past in terms of past Quebec. So we haven't we haven't hit the east coast. So if mm-hmm. anybody's listening from the east coast, start asking your retail mm-hmm. accounts for us and tell them to get in touch with Huna. Yeah, I love it because uh, these are the brands that are making the difference. And some of us forget every day when we wake up, like irrelevant to politics irrelevant to whatever we have an opportunity to vote every single day with where we place our money yes and when we're choosing to place our money with brands like huna we're making a very powerful statement and so i want to see i want to see huna in stores that's what i want to see because i know even if you are at a point where you are in large production you're still making those decisions to make sure you're not being negative impact or harmful to anything even at a big level so uh more Huna, please. More Huna, please. And that's our commitment to our customers. Like, um, y- you can, I feel like our customers can have faith and can have, um, they know that we're a responsible company and we're going to make responsible decisions. We're going to make the right decisions mm-hmm. and we're going to be transparent. And we're going to share those with you. Mm-hmm. So that's so my commitment to, you know, to everybody out yeah. there who, who gives a fuck. Please, <laughs> please let this be the future business. <laughs> it was a delight to have you, Heather. Thank you. Come this and play anytime. Pleasure. Anytime. Thank you. <laughs>